Hi, this is Jan Kabili, and this is The Fix, the show that's all about Photoshop, Lightroom, and post-processing. In this episode, I had the great pleasure to sit down with my friend Alan Shapiro and talk about his photography and how post-processing has informed the way that he captures photographs and the way that he sees the world. And Alan is generous enough to share his methods of texture blending, of adding texture to his photographs to bring out color, depth, and mood. So let's talk to Alan Shapiro. Hi, Alan Shapiro. How are you? I'm great, Jen. How are you doing? I'm pretty good. It's the end of the day. I'm looking forward to that before-dinner cocktail. Ah, yes. Would you, I could go make you one if you'd like. No, no, don't go anywhere because we have some important things to talk about. And um, if anybody doesn't know who Alan Shapiro is, he is a good friend of mine that I met here online on Google+, Plus. in fact, a number of years ago. And Alan is a very accomplished photographer, as we'll see in a moment, but he also has a day job that if you don't mind me saying, it's not chopped liver. This is like a serious day job. Alan, I don't know your exact title, but you are something like the, the I'm top a, I'm a chief. I'm a chief creative officer, which means I'm the senior creative guy in an ad agency, and it's a global ad agency, and so... Oh, I and so, well, that's so. That's a big thing. That's a big thing. I get to have ideas all day. Yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and you bring those ideas to your photographs, don't you? I try to. I try to, yeah. So how did you, you know, get started? It's all about it's all about seeing things and telling stories, right? That's what advertising and marketing is. It's about storytelling. So now I've just evolved to where I try and create stories a little bit more visually as well as verbally. I'm still big into words. I love writing about the pictures I take. It's important to me. So have you always been a photographer, or were you the creative oh, ad agency guy first? God, no, no. I, photography for me is only about seven years old. And in fact, I was getting, you know, I, I think I took a photography course when I was at RISD back in, God, 30-odd years ago, uh, because some of the photography students were really cute. The girls were, were great. Um, and, you know, it's a dark room, and that's when the chemicals were there. And, and so, but I never took it seriously other than to commission photographers, because that's part of the job in advertising. You know, we're working with image makers, photographers and illustrators and, and cinematographers. So I've always been around those people, but I never, but it was always about having them help articulate and take an idea further. But then as, as you can imagine, I got, as, as you rise in an organization, the stress level goes up. And I was getting a little bit more stressed than I should be and a, a photographer friend who I've known for years, in fact, he was on your show, Sean Kernan, said, well, maybe you should, you know, maybe you should, you know, take, try your hand at, at photography. And so I did. I grabbed the camera and I went out and I found my happy place. And wow. that, that was the beginning of this all-consuming love affair. And it truly is, it's my favorite thing other than my children. It's my favorite thing in the world. Now, you know, it's interesting. You're not the only person who says that. What do you think it is about photography that makes people feel like that? Have you uh, thought about it? I think it's it's very immediate, which is nice. You know, we're living in this generation ADD, <laughs> where where everything has to be quick. I remember in the old days, you would sit and I would draw because I loved to draw, or I would sit and write, and I still miss having a typewriter. But now it's just immediate gratification, and photography allows you to do that. It does, but you know, I think it does something else. For me, it changes the way um, that I walk through the world. It yeah. really does. Um, you know, apart from um, from what I'm shooting, it just makes me always be looking at things. Mm -hmm. 
Do you yeah, have that you, experience? I, I do. And in fact, I was talking to, to someone a few months ago and I said, oh my God, because we were walking through New York. I think it was Brian Matias. So, you know, another guy that we've all, you know, grown up with. Uh, and and I said, I walk around and I see in in frames. I see as a photographer, like everything is a picture no matter where I looked. And it's not all the time, but when I'm with other photographers or when I'm with my camera, I see in stills. Very interesting. Very interesting. And it's it's a it's a very much a creative exercise, which I talk about a lot. I mean, you know, processing is like therapy and, and processing versus photography, the sort of upper and lower body workouts, they need to happen together. And I think we'll talk about that in a little bit. So for me, my daily creative exercise regimen to get my brain working is I will shoot for an hour a day. I just start my day shooting or end my day shooting. It's it's a workout. And what do you shoot? Anything. I love I love talking to people and being in New York and working in Manhattan. I, there are people everywhere and whether they're the overlooked who I care deeply about, that's a cause near and dear to my heart, or just fascinating people that I see and and I'll just strike up a conversation and see what happens. But then, Fantastic. you know, then there's animals and flowers and there's so much to see that it. I, I try not to... To, to focus too much, even though I think at this point people keep encouraging me to, to pick one genre and stick with it, and I'm very resistant to that because, I, again, it's that workout. You want to exercise all parts of your, of in this case, of you know, the genre of photography. I don't want to focus too much. But you do uh, shoot projects. I've seen them. You have a project of, uh, is it uh, people on the street that you meet? Is that what you would call it? I don't know. Uh, well, let's see. There's there's Emerging from Shadows, which is people on black, where it's just really about them and, and the, the pure focus on their, their expressiveness and the stories that, that go with it. I've got a new project now that I'm, I'm, I've had a, a huge pair of eight-foot-tall wings made and I put them on people and I watch the transformation, both of the people who don this mantle of, of this weighty responsibility of imagining themselves as angels. But the interesting thing is not just what happens to them. The wings are about, I don't know, 15, 20 pounds. And so when they put them on, I think they're surprised by the weight of it. And, and something interesting happens when they assume that weight and, and put themselves in the role of an angel who has fallen. Um, and as fascinating as that is, the reaction of the people around, again, I'm shooting in Manhattan, I've shot at Photo Plus Expo, you know, with a bunch of celebrity photographers, the people who are my heroes, and, uh, and, and watching the crowds either ignore them completely or, or in, begin the interaction process is, is just amazing to me. Yeah. Very interesting. Yeah. And so what's going to be with these photos? You're putting them in a gallery or what? No, I'm putting a book together. I'm putting a book together with a with a publisher, and and I've got to get I've got to get it going a little bit quicker. We've had a very cold and snowy winter here in New York, so it's been it's been a bit problematic. So but this is up. so this is a a photo book, like a monograph of your photos. Yeah, 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 yeah. Fantastic. What's it going to be called? When's it coming out? Where are we going to? It's going to be called Among Us, and it'll probably be available September, October. You know, maybe just in time for for holidays next year. This this coming year. Say the name again. Among us or angels among, among us. Among us. Excellent. As in as in angels among us, but you know when you when you see the angels, you don't need to say angels. It's kind of obvious. That... Probably. Now, are you doing the layout also, figuring out what it's going to look like? 
Uh, well, um, I've got some input being a creative guy, but no, they're gonna they're gonna do that for me. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And are you writing anything, or is it just photos? I will be writing an intro, and and they're trying to get some some I guess well known folks to write intros because that helps sell books, from what I understand. Um, but you know, I like to I like to muse. I like to to share the experience in words, not just in pictures. It's very important to me, and they're 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 indulging me, so to speak. Fantastic. Now you know, I think I've seen some of these photos. They are here and there online. A few. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, if you look on my Facebook page or my Google Plus page, they're, they're there. There's a gallery called Among Us. I can, I can show some now if you'd like, but, it, you know. Oh, that'd be great. Well, when you share your screen, why don't you do that? But before you do, um, yeah. I just wanted to, to touch on another subject that uh, Alan and I have been talking about this earlier, and I thought it was so interesting to hear what he has to say about um, the effect of working on his photos after the capture, you know, the post-processing and the effect of that on the way he shoots, the way he is a photographer. Could you kind of repeat what you were saying to me earlier? Yeah. Um, the, I, there, there's like two parts to our brains. There's two parts to photography. And I don't know that they directly parallel, but when I go out looking for things, I'm, I'm often just trying to stay as open as possible to what's around me and just absorb everything and find find beautiful or poignant or powerful images that speak to me. That is its own very singular experience and it's kind of unpredictable. I mean, as many times as I go out and I look for specific things, there are other times where I'm just letting it be and letting them find me, so to speak. When I get home, though, the editing process is very different. Now there are conscious decisions that happen when you look at an image and you remember what it was, but then you start imagining what it could be. It's a very different part of the brain that's working. It's a very different skill set, and I find that one very much informs the other. So, for instance, after shooting a lot of homeless people, I start, I, you know, I started feeling very upset and a little bit of despair. So I found myself wandering around my gardens, and then I went to the botanical gardens, and I just surrounded myself with beautiful things, and I started taking pictures of flowers. And, and so that was very joyous and very colorful and uplifting. But then I was home, and I might have been in a funk, or who knows, but I started looking at monochrome conversions of those flowers. And lo and behold, they took on a totally different personality. And, and that personality then had me saying, hmm, I wonder if there's a way of shooting in black and white. Not, not technically, but seeing in black and white, seeing what's possible in the post-processing process, but then going and, and maximizing your chances for success. And, and it took a while, and now, like I had this epiphany just a few weeks ago, where it's like, oh my god, I can see in black and white. I know exactly what is going to make a good monochrome image versus a good color image. And for me, it was like, you know, that was just huge. Maybe, maybe other photographers don't, don't have the same experience, but... Oh, it is huge. It is huge. And, you know, it's very interesting. As you say that, it makes me remember the old days of photography. When I was in grad school, we um, processed our photos in a darkroom. And we mostly processed in black and white because, you know, the color darkroom was just too expensive. It's and expensive, it was, yeah. yeah, it was a hassle. It was pitch dark and all. So those who learned photography before the computer, um, mm -hmm. I think, learned, had that experience more than people who have recently picked up photography mm -hmm. since it's become digital. 
And it really is important because if you think about it, every photo under the hood is a, uh, is black and white. You know, it, it's all about light and tone. The color is just another layer on top. And I think that ability to be able to see the underlying structure of a photograph, the black, white, and gray tonalities in the world also as you walk around and shoot, as you were suggesting, is really important to making the best photograph you can make. Yeah, I mean, there was a time, and I, you know, someone was joking the other day, there was a time where like, no one would have thought to have photographed a rainbow because all there was was black and white photography. So, you know, ah, who cares, right? Yeah. Uh, but back to the, the processing side, I think it's one of those things that, you know, there are purists in the world in every discipline. Those people that issue anything that is beyond, you know, exactly what you saw, and it has to be exactly that. But then the artists of the world have all of these new tools that they can explore and experiment with. And I think that is, for me, it's so therapeutic. It is so joyous because every time I sit down in front of my computer, one, to see what I saw and to see it freshly on a screen, but then to just play and see what's possible. That is... That is one of the magnificent things about photography. Again, it's more of that instant gratification. It can be as lengthy as you want in terms of the playing. But in some cases, you know, in mere seconds, as you get more experienced in post-processing, you can totally transform something 17 different ways and just be blown away by the range of what's possible. Oh, I agree. It is fantastic. And honestly, Alan, I've never really thought of what happens after as photography. I think of it as art making. It, more like um, my colleagues who are working with a paintbrush almost. Right. Yeah. It, it's a whole second process. The taking of the photograph is wonderful in all of its ways. The mm -hmm. playing with the photograph and the making something else out of it is also so exciting and has so many possibilities. And what I love about your work is that you um, obviously uh, you were talking about people urging you to stay in a certain genre. I think what is wonderful about your work is that you're able to make wonderful art um, out of different subject matter and using different tools. So I don't know if people are familiar with your photos. Uh, what's it, what do you call it? The feathered friends or fine feathers? Finer feathered friends because I've been adding the textures and so that, that was its own thing. I, I went to the I went to the portrait show at the Metropolitan Museum of Art a few years ago, and at the same time I had a friend who was working at, with the Ritz Carlton Hotels, and they had a new concept bar restaurant that they were putting in on their top floor, and they just said, you know, show us some ideas, and I'd come from the show and I was just so overwhelmed by the Renaissance portrait masters, and I thought, hmm, let's recreate that. Let's see if I could, you know, so that was just its own experiment. And then I'm, I've been fascinated by ugly birds or beautifully magnificent birds. And if you think about like the Renaissance portraits of the time, uh, whether it was the inbreeding or the royal families finding other royal families, I mean, they weren't the most attractive people in the world. And so the ugly birds became the Renaissance uh, kings and popes and, and what have you. And then trying to recreate that in the style of the old masters became this ongoing project that, we're, again, very therapeutic and, and wonderfully relaxing and challenging at the same time. Ah, and, wonderful. It, and it's really easy, by the way. It is so easy. So I hope I, I can show people. Yeah, it's easy for you. <laughs> All no, right. It's, so it's easy. <laughs> 
Well, you know, I, it's funny because one of the things I do, you know, is I teach people how to do all this computer stuff. And I will tell you that I hardly ever say it's easy because I realize, like, it may be easy for me because I know the language, but it's not easy for someone who doesn't know the language. So I kind of let people find their own way. And But I wish you well, would show you're up. a better teacher than I am. I'm oh, just, no, you're you, Yes, you are. Would you mind sharing your screen and showing us some of the work and, and how you put it together, adding texture and... You and bet. your own sensibilities. Thank you. You bet. Okay, so I I spend a lot of time at the Bronx Zoo as well as other zoos and wild animal parks. And when I travel, I will always find as much wildlife as I can because they fascinate me. So this is a, a an American stork, a great American stork, and I spend a lot of time at the zoo. And I happen to be able to work with the keepers and put up a black background and you know just wait for him to pose for me. So this was the original image. Now I'm gonna cycle through a couple of things because I do what I call creative sketching, and this is something that I encourage. You just make a duplicate of an image, uh, under and the way to do that is just image uh, duplicate and. And then I will start and I will introduce a layer. And if I click it off, so here's the image. And here's a texture that I like. And now here's the trick. It, you have what are called blending modes right up here in the top of your menu. And you can see the pull down menu. But there's a keyboard shortcut, which makes it very easy. As long as you're in the, the selection tool, which is V, immediately switches you. If you just do command shift plus or minus, it will let you cycle through the blend modes. And so you see what starts happening. Again, I'm just holding down the shift and the plus key. And now I came to a blending mode where it's working with the image. In this case, the blending modes are directly relating to the tonality of the main image. So in this case, the stork is against the black background. So the lighten mode is is a good mode. And if I were to keep going, you know, you'll see subtle effects or no effects. So I'm quickly going to come back to lighten, and I'm going to leave that be. But now I'm going to quickly jump to a whole process where I want to show you how an image is built. So here's another layer, and I'm going to and another. And as you watch what's happening, the image is becoming a little bit more dimensional. And and so now you can see a lot of layers and what starts happening. Let's get back to creative sketching. Here's a different sketch. And if I were to set this to the normal mode, now, it's also got a mask on, which I'll tell you about. So here is another layer that I have. And you bring it in just by dragging it up and into the layer. And we'll click on it here. And we'll go to Shift Plus, And we'll cycle through the blend modes. And again, you'll start to see how the layer is interacting with the base. And so here we are on Lighten and now Screen. And now what happens, you'll notice over here, if you see on my, my little menu dock, there is a mask. I'm going to delete it, and I'm going to start over by going down to the bottom of my, my toolbar over here on the right and hitting the Add Layer Mask button. And I immediately get a white mask, which is showing everything. White reveals, black conceals. I'm going to choose a brush. 
uh, and that would be the B key. And now I'm working with a stylus, but you can easily do this with a mouse. And I want to make sure that my brush has black ink on it. So I'm going to hit my X key. Nothing is happening. There we go. And I'm going to reduce my opacity a little bit, and I'm just going to paint away over the bird. So hopefully you can see what I'm doing. I'm just eliminating the mask by painting black over the area that I want to reveal without or with less texture. Maybe you can show the mask by option or what do you do? Option yeah. click on it. Yeah. Yeah. So here's the mask. So again, I was painting you with when you're working with a brush in Photoshop, you can set it at 100% opacity. Uh, if you look over here in the opacity bar up at the top of the Photoshop window, I'm at 33%, which means I can start very light and then build up. And so just for instance, I'll show you that by clicking down here multiple times or by painting, you'll see it slowly building up and so what's happening is, again, I'm, I'm creating a mask which is hiding what is black, what is white is revealed, what is black is concealed, to show you what that looks like. Now, I can very easily, if you notice, there's a little bit of spillover, so I'm going to switch my colors back to white, and I'm going to paint over the areas that I don't want uh, hidden. So it's almost like erasing, right? And so now I can create a mask of the bird and, you know, and that's kind of basic texture blending. One, let's bring in a layer. I'm going to go back here. I'm going to create a, I'm going to pick a, I've got a layer over here now. Notice what I'm doing. I'm just clicking and I'm going to drag it up into that original file and I'm going to release it. And so here is the texture. In this case, it's a smaller texture. I'm going to scale it. I'm going to rotate it. Get it oh, to the right. So that's interesting. You don't care when you're, you can scale a texture because it really doesn't have to be perfect like a photo. No, and especially in, in my workflow where I'm working now, the one thing I did is I work with some huge textures because the originals of these were reproduced very large. They were like four by six and four by eight feet tall. In this case, just for speed, I reduced the size of everything that I'm working on. So I just didn't size them appropriately. But so here's the layer. I'm going to go back to V and Shift Plus, and we're going to cycle through. And we're going to see what starts happening as I add, as I cycle through the blending modes. And now, as I'm doing this, I'm looking in different areas because I want to I show you another little quick trick. So let me go back to, let's say, here. And again, I'm going to create another mask because I want to see a little bit of more of the bird. Nope, don't want to do that. Sorry. I just made a duplicate layer, and we don't want to do that. So again, I'm working very lightly because I think you know one of the one of the tricks is to make sure that you're a little bit subtle when you have something like this going on. And so you see what's happening is you know I'm bringing the bird back, and I, again I'm working very quickly because of our time constraints. And but, we do we do have just about five minutes left. 
Okay, so let's go through just a few other little variations, and I'll show you what, again, the final effects are. And these are just different sketches. These are not finals. But so starting with a single layer here, and it looks like that, and very light, and then I'll add other things, and you see how the image starts building up. Again, just from adding another layer, what starts to happen. And so when you do this, it's a lot of trial and error as to the sort of the, the textures you're working with and knowing what the effect they're going to have when you bring them into a particular image. But I start with sketching, and then I'll pick one of these as a favorite, and then I will go and I will start adding dozens of layers. Again, all the way off to all the way on, and that's sort of, that's a little bit of a workflow. I see it. Now, it's interesting. You said that was easy. And uh, two things about that. First of all, I don't think all of the steps are that easy for everybody because layer masks aren't that intuitive. But people right. are getting more sophisticated with Photoshop as time goes on. And I think they're starting to get layer masking and yeah. blend modes. But mm -hmm. here's the thing, Alan. Everybody can't make the final result look like this. And that's where you're special. It's this ability to see and uh, somehow know and it probably has to do with your experience over the years of working with design and color, how all these things are going to interact. So yeah. if I sat down and did this with the very same textures and maybe even with the same base photo, I don't think I would get the same look. Perhaps, but you know, that's, that's the beauty of this, of this playful uh, post-processing that, that I prefer talking about. I, yes, some people are more experienced or have more time to practice their craft, but it is, it is so fulfilling just to play and see what's possible. And so I think no matter what layer, a per, what level a person is at, I think they'll, the more time they devote to whatever it is they want to accomplish, they will get better. And I think, you know, that's where, that's where it's not about good or bad or, or it, it's just about us all playing and sharing and, and figuring it out together. You're right, and it's it's so great. It's so nice to have the opportunity, um, you know, to talk to people like you and to talk to all the other guests that I have and to be able to interact with our audience, too, um, you know, to do that very thing. Ah, how wonderful, and how much I enjoy talking to you, and I do wish we had more time. I hope that maybe after you put your book together, um, in the future maybe you'll come back and we'll talk some more and see some more of your work. I would love to hang out with you. You know that. I love you, so anytime. Oh, thank you. That's great. Yeah. Well. So that's going to wrap up another episode of The Fix. Thank you to Alan Shapiro. Before we go, where can people find you online? Uh, online, let's see. AlanShapiroPhotography.com is my, my official website. I am all over Google+. I love the community there. Uh, I, I spend a little time on Facebook because I think you have to. But find me on AlanShapiroPhotography.com or on Google+. Thanks for sharing, Alan. Yeah. Thanks again to Alan Shapiro. I hope you all enjoyed hearing what Alan had to say about post-processing and its influence on his photography, and that you enjoyed his tutorial on texture blending in Photoshop. If you liked this week's episode, I know you're going to like the episodes in the weeks to come. So be sure to check back every week for another episode of The Fix here on This Week in Photo Network.